Hello and welcome to the first episode of this podcast. Um, the podcast is uh, myself, Elliot Greenman, and uh, Alexi Enel, uh, who is an osteopath and owns Euphoria Osteopaths in Tetbury, Gloucestershire. We started it because um, he was treating me many years ago and then we started talking more about pain and he had an idea of a course he would like to put together around pain. Um, and... So we started having these long, long conversations and they were, for me, really interesting. And I said, look, we're having these conversations anyway. Um, we might as well set a mic up and a camera and then put it out as a podcast. So that's exactly what we've done. This episode, we talk about pain and Alexi's ideas around pain and, um, and his understanding and experience of treating people with pain. And yeah, I hope you find it valuable in some way and uh, and enjoyable maybe. Um, and maybe you can learn something from it. And maybe you have some questions and some feedback. And if you'd like to like, comment, share, email, engage in some form, um, then, then please do. And yeah, I hope you enjoy the, the first episode. Perambulations in Franglais. So, Alexi, um, uh, you are from Euphoria Osteopaths in Tetbury, yeah, yeah. and um, you also have a clinic in Swindon. Yeah. And uh, so, you wanted today to talk a little bit about a course that you are in the process, or that we're in the process of making. Yep. Um, so, uh, why? Yeah, why, is yeah. the, why is the course about to begin? Yep. So, uh, it's pretty exciting first. <laughs> it's always difficult to put what's in your head on on the paper, or uh, put it through videos and all the infographics and the whole thing. I think it's um, to organize it. So um, I think the main reason why the course is actually quite interesting is to actually organize people's uh, way of actually approaching pain a little bit. And um, it's possibly going to be a bit of a guideline and a, and a framework that people can apply again and again. It's really a bit, no universal, but quasi universal way of actually approaching it. It's just like, um, and then, yeah, I think it's just mostly as well um, uh, why we want to do a course like that is just to uh, have had enough of the pain being something bad. And mm. when actually it can be such an interesting venture, an interesting journey of exploration, of knowing oneself and one's limitation and things like that, really. And I think that's what the current, you know, 21st century type thing. We need to know who we are, really. And pain is actually, could be quite an awesome avenue down that line, really. Have, so, you, have you spoken about that? Um, have you uh, introduced the idea of pain being a useful or awesome thing to any of your, like, your customers? Well, yeah, I think the, you realise all of a sudden that if, 
you want to kill it and get rid of it. Most people are really um, understanding that, uh, well, if your ankle is quite painful and you take painkiller, you tend to hide a, a bit of something and then they might hurt themselves a bit more, they might damage it more and not have the feedback. So I think people... Because the painkiller... Numbs it a bit, mm. really. So I think uh, most... You don't really have to introduce maybe a concept of it being really positive and really useful and things like that, but you can really, you can tell from patients that they are actually, there's something a bit underlying it and they, as much as they want to get rid of it, they want to understand it as well. And I think uh, the, the series of video and that course, that really introductory course, to start with will really give people a bit of a new framework to look at pain from a bit of a different angle mm -hmm. and whether I think the second series of uh, courses will be a bit more practical because it's a bit hands-on it's a bit manual therapy anyway so when we start to show a bit of foam rolling and different techniques myofascial release tense machine all sorts of well we could maybe ask other people to come around and show us a view what they do really but there's so many ways but once you apply all those different techniques on the framework I think it works really well really and everybody can at his own leisure there's no set way of doing it there's just what suits you best really so your imagination can actually run as wild as it wants to be able mm. to uh, get rid of it really basically so there's no like so the you said there's like the first part and second part of yeah, the course yeah, yeah, so the yeah. first part's like the the framework yeah the framework yeah, yeah, yeah. and a bit the theory so yeah. you have to put a bit the whole thing in a, in a context a little bit really okay and to contextualize a bit our way of thinking West, in the Western world, all those kind of stuff a bit, and how we look at pain a bit, and then how to uh, scientifically and very pragmatically uh, lay the whole thing and then try to organize it, and how is it we can tackle it, and um, you know, use our resources a little bit, really, mm. to try to make it something which we can maybe control a bit better, we can enhance our competence a bit better, we can be part of a community of other people, we can have a bit of, a, it can become quite meaningful to talk about the whole lot a bit, all those kind of stuff really, and I think it's quite... And why, why did you come up with the course? Because it's like you're an osteopath, I've seen you for loads of years, and yeah. um, known you for a long time, and I think every time I've come, it's uh -huh. been, I've been alleviated of pain yeah. so why why are you doing a course instead of people coming to see you and then yeah, yeah, yeah. you know because um, I've got two hands on it <laughs> uh, so I think I'm gonna have to wait to the 22nd century to be able to clone myself and do <laughs> it for many people no it's just the um, approach I use and then why not kind of you know put it to the masses and for more people to be exposed to it and I think there's a legitimate and a very um, real kind of demand for those kind of things we see a bit you know with 
all the different painkilling medication and all the addiction to opiates they are in a state especially which is really when you open type thing but in the UK I think we are no better in France it's exactly the same I think we rely far too much on opiates and opiate derivative to actually really combat um, something that doesn't really actually work with it it doesn't actually what, work with what it, it opiates, the problem what opiates like uh, Codamol, Coproximol, Zarpane, all the different uh, variations on the same thing, really. Oxycontin, like, uh, you know, like uh, liquid morphine, <laughs> like literally, really. Yeah. And that's the whole thing, really. It's so simple, really, but uh, with these two types of pain, it's, the pain is not the same. <laughs> that's it, really. So there's an acute thing when you... Uh, traumatology, so you break your freaking face on the windscreen. Traumatology? Yeah. Traumatology. Yeah, trauma. Related yeah. thing. So you smash your face against the windscreen in a car crash. Uh, to have a bit of uh, morphine uh, on a drip is actually pretty, pretty good. Okay, it's yeah. not a 19th, it's not a 17th century on a bloody uh, British or French ship where you have to put a piece of leather between your teeth and a bit of uh, rum and then we cut your leg with a saw. Okay, um, so yeah, yeah, I think it's um, so for that kind of pain for someone who's. Obviously. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. of course, it's awesome. Like, uh, opiates are really like, uh, and being able to synthesize the whole lot and the whole pharmaceutical aspect of it is awesome. For acute pain, it's, there's no better. People can control it nowadays. They've got mm. so really awesome thing. The main problem we talk is there is chronic pain. What people call chronic pain. Actually, persistent pain would be even better way of describing it. Which is pain that's like, goes on for... For however long. Yeah. You know, acute pain, like you break your ankle, six weeks later it's done and dusted, no pain, gone, and you go back running, really, type thing, really. Yeah. But for some people, three years later, they've still got pain in their leg, really, somehow. And uh, that's going to be made worse, and your perception of pain is going to be worse the more opiate you take. Because so, on the long run, opiates tend to sensitize your nervous system. You get accustomized to it. That's where addiction... Desensitize or sensitize. Yeah, well, it makes your it makes your brain more uh, susceptible to pain. So your perception of pain gets enhanced. Oh, so the the perception of pain actually increases rather yeah. than you, yeah. the effect of the uh, opiate decreasing. <coughs> well, that's yeah. Was that part of it as well? Yeah, well, that's well, that's maybe the end result because you end up taking more opiates. Mm. <laughs> so instead of taking two cocodamol a day, you take six or eight or twelve mm. or whatever. How much really? So it's that's it really. So I think there's yeah, and it's a great solution. I'm pretty sure, but not really. And I think it serves a, a, a few, but not the masses. I think there's loads of people in pain. Loads, loads, loads. And a reason for introducing... I don't know. Um, I think I could have done a bit my research a bit better and then really look online for that type of topic and those kind of things. But I, I think it's really quite a bit a medicalized way or neurophysiological way of looking at it, really. Mm. And, 
the whole framework we use is so 1970s it's really die into neurons looking at uh, synapses which has been used for uh, pharmaceutical use really which uh, neurotransmitter goes between which synapse and how is it we can block the whole thing how, we how is it we can desensitize the threshold or decrease the threshold of uh, action potential of the neuron all those kind of stuff so it's been used for all the pharmacological way of uh, approaching it really in a way that that um, those studies that were done in the seventies, you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're using those same studies that have been used yeah, for yeah, yeah. and the whole model, the model they put up together the ascending pathways, the inhibitory pathways, the excitatory and inhibitory descending pathways. So they've used it to make drugs. Yeah, to, uh, work, yeah well, to, really, really well. to look at physiology, yeah, yeah, to yeah. look at what the, okay, yeah. the spinal cord was doing, all the deep tendon reflexes, all the sensory input, all the different fibers, the diameter of different fibers, all the columns going up and down the spinal cord, all those kind of stuff, to get an idea about the geography of it, and the weight function, the length of uh, neurons and axons, all those kind of stuff, really, where the nucleus of the nerve, the neurodegenerative condition, all sorts of things. So, so much, so much beyond that, really. But the whole thing has been used for pharmaceutical use a little, and there's not really much practical type thing. There is, in a way, because people use TENS machine, people uh, uh, use acupuncture, people use uh, myofascial release, people do stretching, people do uh, osteopathy, physiotherapy, chiropractic, whatever. There's plenty, they do go to the doctor, hot, cold. <laughs> this is so many things, really. But, but, I don't think it's, it's a bit like uh, it's a bit like uh, throwing a gren uh, going grenade <laughs> fishing really in a way really yeah. it's just like we need to be a bit more surgical on the whole lot and make it a bit applicable to oneself and I think uh, it brings back the whole thing to the individual and what suits them best in a way really. Okay. So within this course, there's yeah lots of science I guess. Or yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah people will be able to. Check the science if they yeah. want, really, at the end of the day. <laughs> um, I've not invented, I've not coined anything. I just, like, I'm not even put it together because it's been put together for us, really. I'm just using it, really. And I'm pretty good at using it, that's it, really. And I'm pretty good at uh, um, putting it forward to people in order for them to organize a bit how they go about doing things with their treatment in terms of stretches, all those kind of stuff. And there's a bit more theory behind it because sometimes I don't really explain all the all the shenanigans behind it. Really. All the detail. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, that's kind of tricky, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be quite complex. Yeah. So is is this only with regards to... Um, I know we've spoken uh, quite a while ago about the different conditions that an osteopath is allowed to say that they can treat, uh -huh, um, uh -huh. or at least that the ASA, the Advertising Standards Agency, have outlined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it only for those things, or do you think it could apply to other... Maybe other long, long-standing. Well, I guess it's for pain. So <laughs> I think it's pretty. I think pain. So like pick, yeah. <laughs> pick and choose. But pick I, and I'm, choose. I'm Everybody. So any any persistent pain. Anything. Anything with... that uh, you can't really get rid of. If you really look at it from a bit of an organized, rational, pragmatic fashion, scientific fashion, and you really apply the different techniques in that uh, way, I'm pretty sure you will be able to dial down things for sure. But what happens if... Um, um, I thought about this a few times okay. where it's like, 
I've got a lot of friends who have had different types of, you know, long-standing pains mm -hmm. and they've gone to doctors and they've been like, do this, do this. And they've been able to reduce the pain a little bit, but then uh -huh. it comes back, et cetera, uh -huh. et cetera. And, and I know you're saying like with persistent pain that, you know, it can, I think I'm right in saying it can like cut, it can come and go. Like sometimes the pain is going to be quite mild or not noticeable at all, and it's going to come back. Yeah. What happens if there is actually like a um, like a structural, yeah. a real structural issue that's yeah, sure. making yeah, yeah. you know sometimes you've, you're quite happy and I guess mm -hmm. like adrenaline or whatever else is running through your body so you're not mm -hmm. feeling the pain yeah. but then I don't know two days later when mm -hmm, everything's mm -hmm. kind of dialed down a little bit and then all of a sudden mm -hmm, you're, mm -hmm. you're able to relax and then you focus on that pain again mm -hmm, it comes mm -hmm. back but what happens if there's actually like a structural mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. well if you were in better and then worse and then better and then worse I don't think there's much uh, the, the whole uh, role of the structural problem is not really very relevant Okay, so there, there, there might be so something. So you mean about not. you possibly mean about cancer? No, or no, you no, mean no. about no, some kind of digital, like some, let's say, some weird. Let's say, for like, example, like uh, loads of people have knee issues, right? So, yeah. what happens if um, there are meniscus is being damaged? Yeah, or, or, or yeah, or yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever I go running, I get like uh, that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. like IT band issues, uh -huh. IT band, and yeah. then I can be like. I mean, I guess that's a bad example because it's generally only like a week or two before I leave it, before I go running again. So yeah, I don't yeah. probably let things heal. But yeah. feels like there might be like something structurally wrong with my knee uh -huh, or it's uh -huh. like off slightly because uh -huh. maybe I'm tight, short, long in a different way, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. How do I differentiate from mm -hmm. that mm -hmm, as like mm -hmm. an ongoing issue mm -hmm. to something? Mm -hmm. is, it, is it painful Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think the whole stuff will work or not. Yeah. And if it, the least uh, it works, the more structural the problem is, and the more structural the cause of the problem is, and the better it works. But we're gonna add, we're not talking about people who just sprain their ankle. Really, we talk about people who've been in pain for a long time. Okay, who've yeah. seen their doctor, who've seen physios, who've seen osteopaths as well. They might have even seen me <laughs> in a way. Mm. All those kind of stuff. Really, but we want to have a bit of a framework we can apply on the whole lot. Yes, of course, it's not diagnostic and. I'm pretty sure diagnoses are not really 100% nowadays even, okay? And there's a lot of uh, uh, things out there in terms of, uh, you know, people are like, oh, I've got bad back and thing, and then they end up, oh, but the doctor doesn't want to do a, an X-ray and thing, and then oh, I want to know what's happening and thing. So people really want a diagnosis about the whole lot, really. Yeah. And they're in loads of pain, and then we've got an X-ray, and there's nothing wrong. Yeah. And then they need an MRI or something. And then else. they need an MRI, and then there's nothing wrong. Is that just because there's nothing structurally wrong? But they're in short loads. They're in shit loads of pain still. Yeah. They're in still loads, loads of pain. Yeah. And therefore, there's no correlation between the structural problem and the amount of pain you're in. So you can have really bad wear and tear in your lower back and have no pain whatsoever and function perfectly. Yeah, I've, okay. I've yeah I've seen studies okay. where. Yeah. Yeah. And then some people have got no wear and tear whatsoever, and they are crippled. Okay, so that's that's the whole thing, really. So that's not the objective of the of the of the course. I'm not wanting to diagnose people and to know exactly what's wrong with them. I want them to be able to manage their pain a bit better and in a more intelligible fashion and in a more experimental fashion. 
or experiencing fashion type thing. They can really play with a whole lot. In it's fun. It's a different, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting concept for pain. It's really. like um, it's, it's, it's it's a journey that people. Yeah, journey. That's like, it. That's it. Obviously, it's not going to be loads of fun, but it's yeah, yeah. hopefully going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know from from the things that I've learned mm -hmm. from you and mm -hmm. the things I've learned from other sources of different things it's like it's it can be quite interesting mm -hmm. um but i guess i guess it's kind of tricky because a lot of people want a diagnosis don't they of course of course because then they have they can say so no, nothing can move anymore and then it's uh, fixed and then that's it i've got that condition and that's it i'm i am depressed i am i have uh, multiple sclerosis well yeah maybe but there's much more to use than your multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. There's much more to use than your depression. You, you are so-and-so and you suffer from depression. Yeah, yeah, I can really understand that. But you're not depressed. Yeah, you are not depression. Yeah, yeah, you're not depression. You're not yeah. your diagnosis, really. But people like to be defined with their diagnosis. It's fine. And obviously, they're not going to come and do the course. We don't have to rock people's boats. I'm not trying to challenge a lot. It's really very clear, very scientifically proven. It's well trodden paths. There's nothing to challenge about the whole lot at all. Mm -hmm. It's just like that's how it is, basically. <laughs> that's how you function, basically. Why not tap into that and understand a bit how you go about doing it, really? And if you're not happy and you want to be diagnosed with a whole lot and take more painkillers, well, that's an option as well. Uh, you, that's the whole thing. It's a freedom of doing, it's a volition you've got. You've got yeah. free will or freer will, like I like to say, really. You, you can do whatever you want. If you want that, no problem. It's no problem. If you, if you can't sleep at night and you have to take a, a three tramadol at three o'clock in the morning and you're happy with it and you want that to carry on so you don't do anything and you don't change, yeah, well, there's going to be plenty of tramadol. People are quite happy to sell it to you. <laughs> and that's it, really. Well, until the NHS uh, asks you to pay for it, and then maybe it will change a little bit as well. So yeah. once it's not on repeat prescription, and you're going to have to fork out the bill at the end of the day. Because, you know, we, we read a little bit, and both of us read a little bit with um, uh, Noah Harari, a little bit with Homo Deus, a little bit, really. Uh, no, a little bit, but with Homo Deus and the main uh, divide is going to be between people who have technology who are going to, for their Parkinson, are going to be able to have a deep brain stimulation type uh, surgical procedure, who are going to be able to afford it, or I don't know, the L-DOPA, or all those kind of stuff, which mm -hmm. is one fantastic kind of advance in a way, really. But how long is it going to be on the NHS? in a way, really. How fast is it going to go uh, private and how you're going to have to have a complementary health thing, a bit like on an American thing. Well, that's a bit political type stuff, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, okay? And how is it uh, we can do, you know, we talked about the, the genetic determinism. Oh, yeah, but there's nothing you can do about it. And if your gene is like that, you're going to have Parkinson. Whatever you do, you're going to have it. Okay, great. That's 
uh, yeah, an interesting way of doing. But actually, we talk about epigenetic nowadays, mm -hmm. and there's something a bit above it. And then we know we inherit only 50% genetics, and we inherit 50% behavior. And I guess the main thing with people who might be predisposed to having neurodegenerative thing is to maybe manage their stress a little bit differently, and then maybe look at the research a little bit, and maybe there's certain supplements or things that you can exclude from your diet as well, all those kind of stuff that we know about, really. So, mm -hmm. in a way, yes, it's for an individual, but it's for a bit maybe on a long-term basis a little bit to try to uh, enable people because a Coca-Cola bottle, an empty Coca-Cola bottle can do a very good foam rolling type thing. You can work your plantar fascia really yeah. superbly with it. You don't have to buy a fancy foam roller at all, really. If you know a bit what you do, uh, I bought a uh, machine the other day on eBay for uh, bloody 15 quid, 14.99. Like, you can't even go to the pub and have three pints for that kind of price, really. So that, that's the whole stuff, really. So nowadays, some yeah. of the stuff doesn't have to be expensive at all. The management is awesome. You can really do quite a lot. For, and it's a bit of a popular... Populist or popular or, or, or mainstream type way of doing really, and the more people know how to manage their what, pain. What's a, what's a mainstream way of doing it? Well, going, uh, getting the surgery or getting well, the, yeah, yeah, that's the thing really. Get, uh, doing it yourself should become a bit more mainstream. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Really. Yeah, and, and I, I think I think it's becoming more popular, right? To do yeah, it yourself, yeah, yeah. but there's just a, there's a lot out there, and it's quite... there's a lot out there. There's lots of information, lots of different ways of doing, and everybody does a whole lot, but doesn't expose a bit their framework. It's great to be able to do the whole lot, but what's the not science behind it? But what's the rationale behind it? Why would you want to do that like that, really? So what's different between the course that you're doing, yeah. like just talking about the first part, yeah, um, to other courses out there? Because there's there's quite a few that I've seen that address mm -hmm. pain mm -hmm. and uh, we've spoken about them like um, you know like Naldi Aguilar's yeah. um, work on functional patterns which yeah. is great in lots of different ways but what's mm -hmm. what's um, yeah what's different about your mm -hmm. course mm -hmm. to other courses that you've seen mm -hmm. so the whole thing helps you to actually get to grip with the part of your body that is actually a problem and to relate it with different uh, layers a little bit. So uh, Nodi does very good functional release type thing. It's very much like a, a structure-governed function or function-governed structure, or it's a bit interrelated, the structure and the function, which is very osteopathic principle yeah. in a way, really. So the shape of your uh, uh, radial head is going to allow for only <laughs> a bit of uh, uh, internal and, uh, well, pronation and supination in a way really and because we are lucky to have a ball on the elbow he, as well as a supination and pronation we can actually have an extend, flexion extension with the ulna as well mm -hmm. so the structure and the function are quite linked together in a way so we can do that like that as well but with a framework we you know you don't have to repeat the whole lot you can really look at what is the problem yourself you can find the information pretty easily and it's pretty straightforward it's well confined to the remit of something really uh, the dermatome of C5 uh, there's no 75,000 ways of doing it there's mm -hmm. only one thing uh, if you're well put to, if you're put together the same if you're not uh, conjoined twins or uh, okay okay 
which is always exception. Of, of course. course. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but the dermatome of C5 is at the, the, the muscles that C5 is going to uh, supply is for everybody the same. Okay. There's no gender discrimination here at all. Yeah. Muscle supply, are supplied by the same nerve for everybody, whether you're a woman, a man, a transgender, a gay, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's all the same thing. Okay. Yeah. So there's no variation. You can't really, <laughs> you can go online, C5, dermatome, bang, and it comes out. That's it. It's just there. And it tells you which muscle comes out. So therefore, you know which muscle is associated with that. And then which organ can be related to that as well with the autonomic nervous system. So it's super easy to get access to all the information. You can double check the course, you can uh, do more research, you can go in more depth about the whole thing and stuff. Yeah. Well, because that's the whole physical, that's the peripheral modulation, which is the main thing uh, uh, that people know are there, really. So, so the, the physical side of it? Like well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's physical, actually, is not really... It's not the less a brain experience Anyway, so oh, right, okay. I mean, really, so the central modulation, nonetheless, is really what it's on about, and that the main uh, moment in the last 15, four, well, I guess I came across that five years ago or something like that, uh, the human given approach and uh, expectation fulfillment theory of dream, uh, Joe Griffin uh, coined, who's, uh, who's actually a psychologist, actually. Um, is absolutely is amazing really, mm. and it puts the whole stuff completely together, and you understand a bit different uh, uh, how your brain is actually uh, like people are gonna be in bed and in loads of pain. But when they're at work in front of their computer, well, they are not too much pain. So when your attention is able, your pain is able to come really close to you and for like completely overbearing, and then you can go really far. Okay, so you're we're talking earlier on about the whole stuff variating mm -hmm. and things like that at times. Well, I think it's really to do with that. Really, it's how your attention, how you focus on it, and what is it, what makes you focus on it. So you need to be able to understand a bit the whole lot and uh, get the mechanism there. Because there's another algorithm again. There's another loop that goes on and on from from bits and bobs. So once we once you will be explained a little bit how it all works, it makes pretty much lots of sense really it's not super rocket science it's cool. yeah. that's where you know the whole theory is brilliant really you know the theory of relativity E equal mc square everybody knows it is the mass and times tan, the speed uh, square really it's just like completely bonkers the way it's been tested around earth on satellites for all the different effects like orbit of mercury the whole variation of it has been it's uh, uh, 1915 for since 1915 the last hundred years and all the scientists are at work to try to disprove the whole bloody theory and it's so elegantly put the whole expectation fulfillment theory of dream is really elegant it's really it fits the whole package really nicely I think it's going to be difficult to find a, a theory any that's better that's better yeah. and who tends to we were talking about C5 dermatome is just the way it is really when it comes to addressing people's mind and all the psychoanalytical way all the historical thing with Jung and, and Freud and all the whole investigative type thing and the interpretation of dreams and all those kind of things it's almost like a, like there's 
don't know, 900 and ish ways of actually approaching people's brain, really. Yeah. When actually maybe one way would do quite nicely, actually. Thank or, you very or, much. Or at least a, a continual framework. Uh, yeah, along, uh, a one along. framework that we yeah. can apply and then, but uh, when you get the appet, uh, the activating agent, the pattern matching, the emotion and the thought, uh, and you get it in that sequence, well, it works pretty well. Really. Mm -hmm. So all, you can do your clinical hematotherapy a little bit like that, and then you, <laughs> but you need to find out what the activating agent, that's the whole thing, and you need to understand what the pattern is, and uh, you, uh, the pattern matching is you need to understand which emotion you get and then what's the thought behind it really or what sensation you have and what uh, main, like cognitive uh, process you have after, after well, that really whereas the, the idea behind that is that most people obviously don't think about the first three and then go straight to thought right? that's it that's it, that's yeah. it. a little bit yeah. and so this is like breaking yeah. it down a little bit and, more. and in a very algorithmical fashion because the whole limbic so a lot of what we hear nowadays is your limbic system and your reptilian brain is kind of uh, dictating a bit your life. Your okay? re reptilian brain? Yeah, reptilian yeah. brain. Oh yeah, primitive brain, like okay, your yeah. amygdala, your hypothalamus, mm -hmm. your whatever. The, the whole core of it, not the cortical part. So flat and fright, uh, PGO strike, so uh, ponto geniculo auricular uh, strike, you see something in the whole lot and it gets your attention straight away. So you actually turn your head and your eyes and then boom, you get to the whole lot. Is it danger? It's not. If it's danger, bang, you leg it. You don't really think about it. It's all been ready, put together, your heart rate, the dilation of your blood vessel into your muscles, the constriction around your gut, all the whole lot, the adrenaline to cope completely focus you on the whole lot, all those kind of things really, okay? So it's, it's an evolutionary response and that's... Really, really well put together, really well adapted uh, for all the last 40,000 years, mm -hmm. uh, with 2019, it's not really super relevant for most of us. That's the whole thing. In your kitchen or at work, there's no saber-toothed lion who's coming to eat your arm. Or maybe it is relevant, but we need to have more of a control over it. Yeah, control. So, so uh, the, I those... don't think you can really control the whole lot. Or maybe, but under, maybe understanding. understanding. Exactly. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. can understand the whole lot. And actually, well, it's a normal thing to have a little bit of a flutter when you're introducing uh, something and nobody can see your heart beating. Nobody can see that your, your mouth is dry until they put their finger in it. Uh, oh, your mouth is dry, type thing, those kind of stuff. So we, we get a little bit of a movie in our head. Oh, so we can, we can hide these responses from people, is that what you're saying? In, well, pe most people who are we, depressed, can you tell they're depressed? No. No, exactly. Most people who got anxiety or uh, problem with speaking, uh, speaking, uh, public speaking, you can't see it. Mm. Like, wow, you can in some, in some Yeah, cases. because usually they don't go but, public speaking. That's yeah. The, that's yeah. the only thing. But when they public speak, you're like... Wow, it was great. Oh, wow, I could not really have done as good as that. When they were actually breaking it, they were really sweating profusely, thinking mm -hmm. they were going to be shit and a lot, really. When actually they come up really nice, really. Anyway, but so all, all that is really well organized, and that theory is really very helpful when it comes to actually uh, looking at pain and mm -hmm. what is actually stressing us, basically. So you said you came across this like about five years ago. Yeah. What was your um, what was your thoughts on it before then? So if it, this I course, have no idea 
And you had no, you had no idea. idea it existed. So people, no idea. people were. We've spoken before, obviously, and you said, you know, you treat people, and then they'll be fine, and then they'll come back in two months' time or yep. three months' time, and they'll have the exact same issue. Uh-huh. And then, and you were saying like that, that puzzled you, and you were yeah. like, yeah. you know, so is that the point where you are like, this has to be something more than just, yeah. um, I know, like, I know you don't like to separate the mind body, but yeah. just. I guess physical or physiological, yeah, yeah. physiological, physiological. Yeah, is that yeah, the right yeah. word? Yeah. Um, so you had absolutely no idea before this model. There wasn't anything for, that fulfilled it. For F N A R, for no apparent reason. Okay. It wasn't really it's like, kind of rocking my boat too much. But people are telling you, I hurt my well, back. Pe- people, s- people said that. Patient, patients are saying, uh-huh. I don't understand why uh, I've not done anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. Like, uh, I didn't dig a trench. I didn't fall from the second floor on yeah, a yeah, brick. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like it, he, like my back is completely bad, really. Okay, mm-hmm. And that's really the pattern matching again. So we were talking about... So we can talk about it from a, a behavioral uh, point of view a little bit. So you're mugged, um, the, somebody wants to nick your, uh, your wallet, they beat you up a little bit to a pulp nicely, they kick you a bit on the ground and things, there were a lot. You're on the pavement, it's a bit wet, it's dark, and the street light is flickering vaguely, type thing. You go back, to, you go to the post, uh, police station, you do your stuff, you go back home, you tend to your wound. Two years later, you know, it haven't, it's a long past memory. You're with some friends in London, you're having a good time, you're going clubbing, and then you're in the street, you, it's a bit wet, the whole stuff, and the light is flickering, you're having a massive panic attack. And you've got no freaking clue where it's coming from. <laughs> but your brain is like, there's that, there's that, there's that. Last time, all those three elements were almost there. What was happening? Okay. Okay. I, so, bang! You've got the panic attack. It prepares you, and you're completely oblivious because you don't really have the memory of the whole lot fresh in your mind, being like, "Oh yes, I remember." The, the light was flickering, <laughs> and then the whole lot. You've yeah, got no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. You're having a panic attack. You're, the world closes in. That's one uh, way. Um, other pattern matching and a crude pattern matching is the baby breastfeeding. The baby he comes out in the world and he's going to breastfeed. Okay. Well, if the teeth of the mum had to be a certain size, a certain color, a certain shape, and a whole lot, most babies would be dead. Okay? It's because there's so many uh, breast size, and uh, nipple size, and aureola size, and all those kind of stuff. There's even plastic ones we can give to the baby, and it's almost uh, the same, and it can pattern match, and the pattern matching is crude enough, in order for the whole stuff to be, uh, you can accommodate it. The uh, bird uh, building his nest is going to use a copper wire. Okay, he's going to use other things that are uh-huh. not uh, branches. But it looks like one, and it does the trick, and it's, it does, uh, job and uh, it's uh, does the job, and it's fine. So, so that's, that's like a positive pattern matching. There's a posi- with, with positive. The baby yeah, yeah. Well, uh, when the light is flickering, and then you have a panic attack, it's quite positive because uh, beforehand you lose your arm. The saber tooth lion comes out of the bush and he hits your arm, and you manage to survive. The next time the bush is wrestling. You don't bloody hang around to see what's coming out of the bush, really. okay? <laughs> if it's a, a little piglet or a saber-toothed lion again, okay? Because you might not lose the next arm, you might be dead. So that's pretty useful. It used to be useful. That's why we were mentioning before, sure. okay? 
So another definite one with uh, pain and and uh, physical uh, physical pattern and, and and firing sequence and potentially maybe the whole emotional environment. So the first time you do the whole lot, you're taking the the pack of water out of the boot of your car and it's really far. And then your missus is giving you a earful a little bit because you've not you've forgotten the agendas and you've bought some vanilla instead of the chocolate and thing. And then you turn and then you leave the Lot, you do your back in pretty badly, you do your facet, it's really irritated and stuff. The next time you're uh, in the toilet, uh, to, uh, six months later, you're in the bathroom and then you're uh, bending over to try to reach behind the bloody uh, thing and your missus is coming and she's giving you, she's telling you, she distracts you, you turn, blank, and then your back goes like it did the first time. That's the cool pattern matching as well. Okay. And that's the apparent, for no apparent reason. And because it's a crude pattern matching, you don't have to have exactly the right sequence of event in the right fashion in the right way. But but also because it's quite unlikely that someone's going to be able to you, you have to notice lots and be quite aware of all of the things that happened originally oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. then what's also what's happening now and even then it might be too crude for you to too crude to yeah. be able to relate the two anyway so that's, that's not the whole you know but nonetheless there's a crude pattern matching mm -hmm. which is actually quite a useful thing and then you're in, you come here you're in loads of pain and you're like well had I fallen from the second floor on a brick on my back and be in that kind of pain, fair enough. But just leaning in the bathtub, trying to clean it and then turning one and having that kind of searing pain and the whole lot, there must be something wrong with me. Structurally, they must be buggered. I deserve to have an answer and somebody needs to give me an MRI scan right now because yeah. I'm in lots of pain. The painkiller don't work, all those kind of stuff. I'm in agony. I can't function. Okay, but that's really pattern matching and you've actually not damaged yourself at all. It's your body who's protecting you because last time you did that thing in the hand, you hurt yourself. And this time round, just in case you hurt yourself, the whole thing goes into spasm to prevent you from moving. And yeah, there's one thing I know from experience. When people are in a lot of pain, they don't move very well. They don't move very well? No, no. When your back seizes pretty much and spasms, you don't move very well. And also don't yeah. think very well. Uh, well, yes, that's, uh, yeah, you don't. You think like a proverbial idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. That's another. Yeah, really, that's all. All the whole thing a little bit, really. So, um, so this first part of the course addresses some of that. Some of that, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, okay. it's good eye opener a little bit. It gives us a bit of. Uh, it gives all of us a bit of a, a step back a little bit and maybe to try to look at the whole problem a bit from a, lateral, a bit lateral thinking way of doing a bit really, which is really important. I think it's a, there's too many people in pain and the way it's approached is far too crude mm -hmm. and too simplistic in my opinion and it's possibly from lack of knowledge about the mechanism and it doesn't have to be very intellectual it's really quite plain and simple way of putting it once people are explained it makes complete sense people definitely and have you already understand. explained this first part of the course to some of your like yeah, clients yeah, yeah of course of course I work with that all day day in day out really yeah. about that model really yeah and imagine that with animals as well really so the whole cortical aspect of it is not there what at all. What so animals do you treat? Horses. Just horses. horses and dogs. 
and dogs. Yeah. But what, what's, the, what's the difference when you're saying? It's like the, that But part. they don't have a cortex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't, they are not conscious of being conscious. They're just conscious. And so they don't hold on to, they don't have the pain that lasts for six months a year. Yeah, years. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, maybe they have in some of cases, yeah. but it's definitely not mentally held a little bit. And remember, horses are not left on their own too, too much. There's riders around, we impose a bit the whole thing on them, who's not helping them to get out of the pattern and thing. But I was trying to illustrate a bit the whole like cortical, mm -hmm. I mean, cortex-related aspect of it. We've got a big cortex, and it's very interesting, but at times it plays us full a little bit. Uh -huh. And I think we need to be able to step back to just like go back to basics a little bit. What's the mechanism at play? Where it, does it come from? How does it uh, reoccur all the time? How is it I can actually approach it a little bit, really? And what is an ordered way of actually dealing with it very pragmatically and quite simply basically and that's where you came up with pulling some of these things together together yeah that's it, that's it, that's into that's the course it. yeah into the course yeah because uh, we are manual therapists after all osteopaths but we talk to people as well and people talk to us so we get quite a good insight on lots of things it's a patient of mine who actually uh, mentioned to me about the human givens in the past really so yeah. really really you learn so many things from patients all the time because they are really well informed on loads of things that are con of their concern really because it can way. be pain can be quite a good motivator a very good motivator yeah. indeed yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt we yeah. talk about that a bit in the course so the first part of the course is that and then yeah. the second part of the course is how to apply it you know? to body parts to the various bo body, body parts, parts yeah, yeah. Okay. so shoulder pain hip pain sciatica and knee pain is that just an expansion of the first yeah, course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you have a bit more, you have a bit more diagnosing, diagnosing type thing. You have more techniques. You have more hands-on. You you have to really get to grip with the whole part of your body and how it functions. Really, uh, that's where you know the whole problem about the tissue causing pain gets a bit uh, of a problem really we don't need to be anatomist we don't need to know that it's the anterior part of your lateral collateral ligament in your ankle is fine we know it's fine no problem but what is your ankle meant to do and how is it we're going to improve that how is it we're going to go about which dermatomies which muscle crosses that joint which organ is related to all that really important Okay. And then what it prevents you from doing in order to work with your higher centers a little bit, in order to de-stress a little bit from the whole situation. Really. And who's the course for? Is it for anyone? Yeah, anyone. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really bad, bad marketing, very bad marketing thing. It's not... Well, it's definitely not for people who don't want to take ownership of their pain. So people who want somebody else. So that's, that's where we should have maybe started the conversation with because there's really two types of people, really. There's people who want you to actually make them better and there's people who want you to help them to make themselves better. There's people who... Say that again. There's, there's pe people who want you to make them better yeah. and there's people who want you to help them make themselves better. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So they, so they, they want to understand and then be able to do continually do the things that's exactly, going to improve. Exactly, okay? exactly. Whereas there's some other people who 
aren't prepared to necessarily learn yeah. and put in the work, but yeah. they want somebody that. to do it for them. They can delegate the whole thing. People who want to delegate the whole thing obviously will not be our, our potential subscribers, but people who want to be helped to do the work themselves, they'll be more, I'm pretty sure they'll be very interested to know about the whole thing. So, I guess that's the two type of population. After, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you need to be able to read and English as well. I could do it in French, I'm pretty sure, but <laughs> to, at a later stage, there'll, there'll be less franglais accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how much, is there going to be much reading? So we're, you're doing some videos, we're doing some Yeah, videos no, 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 it's really hands-on, practical. There's not going to be too much. Well, there'll be a few things to print, maybe. Of course. And a few things to like motivate you, all those kind of stuff, for you to understand how you can get motivated, how you uh -huh. get bugged down by different bits and bobs, all those kind of stuff. Really. Yes, I'd, I'd like to think in the second uh, party, part of the and the body part part, uh, part of the course, there'll be quite a lot. I think people will have to write down a few things, they'll have to think about it, or type it, or whatever, how they want to go about it, really. Uh -huh. But um, there'll be a little bit of homework to do, but not, not research, you don't have to go to library. You should all be there. Use Wikipedia, should be fine. It, should, it will all be there. You might have to go to your recycling bin to get old bottles, but for most of you, I think there'll be a few bottles of wine out there. <laughs> a few beer bottles or cans yeah. that we can use to do a bit of work really with. Cool. And is there anything else you wanted to say about the this course on pain, the uh, the euphoria course on pain? Yeah. No, I think it's a it's a real um, it was a real um, um, pleasure and pain to actually uh, do it yeah. so yeah and to stay motivated to be able to do it and to come up with the right way of putting it together I think it was really quite a challenge as well but as I think the more people know about that kind of way of doing the better the better basically and it can be expanded on upon it can be restricted it can be done in many ways it's just like not directive one bit it's just the way you function so that's the model we use yeah so it's just learning about that framework and then you can you can kind of build stuff on that on top of it as, yeah. as much as you want yeah cool sounds exciting yeah cool so um should we end it there should yeah. we finish it there yeah, yeah.